Hello, hello. Welcome back to Delicious Tears. I'm your host, The Solution, for the next 30, 60 minutes while I talk about current affairs, sports, relationship type stuff, and any topic that you all send in that's not redundant. I say again, if you send a topic in that's not redundant, more than likely you're going to hear it within a few days as I sift through these topics and make sure I haven't covered them again. Hence the redundancy thing. However, I'm going to get you caught up on the current events and we're going to talk football, everyone. There is one remaining undefeated team in the NFL and it is the Pittsburgh Steelers, a team that I totally despise, hate, loathe, have not many great things to look forward to about them. However, I do respect the organization. One of the best ran organizations in the NFL along with the Ravens and they do take part in the best rivalry in the NFL and that's the Baltimore Ravens rivalry in the AFC North the rough rugged and tumble AFC North where if you are soft you should not get drafted to any of the teams that play in that division because nobody plays inside all bad weather from the fall to the winter which means you must have a good running game None of these teams really, really rely on a um, massive passing attack the entire time. Because of those conditions, they can revert back to running the ball. So we're going to talk about this loss that the Ravens experienced, and it was a 28-24 defeat. Now let's break down some numbers, because the numbers don't tell the true story of this game. This game was dictated by a lot of factors outside of first downs, and touchdowns was obviously leads to the win with decision making, um, situational awareness, and just basically protecting the football at key moments and making wise football choices at key moments. So the score is 28-24. This game could have quickly ended as 31-28 had some things not occurred throughout the game. So one glaring thing that looks like the Ravens should have won that says it should have been a victory is that they rushed for 285 yards against what was the top rated run defense that the Pittsburgh Steelers were pushing out there game after game. They allowed no more than, I believe, 70, 80 yards per game. And the Ravens came in and said, nah, nah, you aren't that good. We're going to just obliterate you and pound you into a fine dust. Now, this is where I have a huge issue with the Ravens. I have a saying, never forget who you are. Never forget who you are. Because the moment you forget who you are, there's gonna be a moment that's gonna remind you that you are not what you're trying to portray. You're gonna revert back to, you know, when your times of um, distress, you're gonna revert back to what you're most comfortable in. And that's really who you are. The Ravens have a problem with that, as we can see. So we can go back to the, the Titans, the infamous Titans playoff game where the play calling was just a mess and they forgot who they were. They went to panic mode once the Titans got up on, they started slinging the ball around. That's not who you are, Baltimore Ravens. You are a fast break, ground and pound team, okay? Your offense, your offensive success is predicated upon you picking up four to five yards a down. No less than three to four per down, because you basically have a, a tempo on schedule type of offense like the, the U.S. Navy Academy and the Army Knights. If you ever watch their option attack, their goal 
is to hit you with that fullback dive, hopefully for four yards on first down. Then they'll sweep it, they'll option it on second down, they don't get it, they're pounding you again up the middle or some kind of counter or trap play on third down. And fourth down is pretty much an option, unlike a lot of teams in the NFL, where fourth down they're pretty much punting unless they have no choice. Going for the fourth down is just not something uh, 90% of the NFL teams do. But last year they shocked the world and the league by rushing so effectively that they were, I think, garnering about 64% uh, effectiveness on fourth down. It was their down. They went for it. You know, you remember the clip with, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson asking the coach, you know, John Harbaugh to go for it. But first, he checks in with somebody. He checks in with the OG, as we call him back home, the offensive guard. Marshall Yonder, soon-to-be Hall of Fame guard. And he goes, hell yeah, let's go for it. They don't have that on that offensive line. And speaking of that offensive line, they are banged up. Ronnie Stanley was lost for the year due to an ankle injury. Uh, Tyree Phillips was also uh, placed on injured reserve, which means he could come back at a later date. So they rolled out DJ Fluker, a veteran from his Seahawks and Charger days, and Patrick McCarry who um, had filled in rather nicely last year for Matt Skura at center, but he can also play guard as well. So they slid DJ Fluker out to tackle. And he's not really suited for that anymore at this point in his career. He's, he just doesn't have the quick, the quickness and the hand skills to really handle those edge rushes, and we saw that. So let's break down the game dynamics. They, they jumped all over the Steelers with the ground game, but if you start the game off, it really looks like they're trying to show the NFL that they can spread the ball around in the passing game. Just stop it, okay? And we're going to talk about that in a little depth in a little while. Where he threw a pick six on the first play again because he, he stared down, excuse me, he stared down um, Crochet, the wide receiver in the middle of the field. Just a huge no-no. It was very... Oh, man, it was like something you see in a high school game. Like, what were you doing? Are you forcing passes to everybody to keep everybody happy? Is that what's going on, Greg Roman? Is that what's going on, Lamar Jackson? Is that what's going on, John Harbaugh? Now, as a fan, okay, as a devout fan, I am not straying away from my team. Good, bad, indifferent, whatever. Mediocre. I am not a bandwagon rider. I've been rocking with this team since 1996. Okay? Matter of fact, I go back a little further to what brought the team here. Shout out to the Baltimore CFL Stallions and Juice. OJ Brigance. But this is not who you are. Run the ball, okay? The run sets up the pass in Baltimore. You saw what you did last year. So now you're saying, hey, look, we're elevated. We're better. We know how to run the ball. Let's focus on the passing game. That's fine. Now, Shout out to my dude, Tommy, two times. I did not want to put this out until I had a conversation with him. And we talked at length earlier today before I was formulating this podcast about this particular game. And, um, you know, I gave him his props. That's his team. Um, we get into our barbershop talk. We take barbs. But being that he and I shared a professional platform, we could, you know, just joke about each other. Like, But it's always in jest because we respect each other's team. We're professionals about this stuff. 
And uh, if you listen to us talk, you're like, oh, that's all y'all gonna say? No, no, it's, it's deeper than that. We're grown men, we're mature, and we, um, we, we get into it. We get props, we, we take the necessary action against bad calls, all that stuff, because he knows they should have lost that game as well. And <laughs> the one thing we talked about at length is just the peculiarities of this rivalry. Something crazy happens all the time in this game. Last year was a little different because you didn't have the Roethlisberger Steelers. You you had the, you know, Duck Dodgers Steelers and a couple other quarterbacks that they found at the local high schools that they rolled out there. <laughs> but shout out to Mike Tomlin for still feeling a very competitive team because of that defense. That defense kept them at 8-8. Eight that, that really was pretty much a 4-12 and 12 team if they relied on the offense. But they have enough talent, you know, to throw out there on the field all the time. And um, one huge dynamic that I've always envied the Steelers was that they develop wide receivers really well. The Ravens have struggled historically with this. And the only wide receiver that I can recall from my historical point of view that they've developed into a pretty solid one was Torrey Smith. And Torrey Smith wasn't a complete wide receiver. No shout at him at all. Not a true number one. He was a deep threat. And he 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 was utilized properly where teams were terrified of his speed. So either he was going to catch it uh, or get a pass interference call. And it's a spot file. So it's like completing the pass. And Flacco knew that. They, they would go for it. And teams would still place hands upon Torrey Smith and... He would get it. He would play it up as well. But they have not developed a, an effective wide receiver since then. They had a bad habit of kicking the tires on older wide receivers. They had about maybe three, four years left in them. And um, they incorporated into the offense uh, pretty well. Derek Mason comes to mind. Anquan Bolden. And as of late, the late, great Steve Smith, who really looked like he should have been playing for the Ravens a long time ago. He just brought that with him. That, that he was a Ravens player just playing somewhere else. But shout out to Steve Smith. Um, Love the passion he had for the game. And he should be a Hall of Famer. His numbers say that. But now the latest project is Marquise Brown. A smallest wide receiver in the mold of Deshaun Jackson. Who's now finally healthy. And he's got a little bigger. But he, he does the right thing by protecting his body. He gets down. If he can't break a tackle, he gets down. A lot of people don't like that. But why would you risk somebody that's five foot nine ish, about 165 pounds getting popped? And we see we saw him getting lit up against um, the Chiefs that came. They rocked him a couple of times, but uh, they still don't have that chain mover. And that's why they brought Des Bryant. In. Des Bryant isn't quite ready yet for him to bring up. And it looks like they're giving the entire uh, active squad wide receiver rotation some looks. Uh, Miles Boykin had disappeared for quite a bit. And the reason why I'm bringing him up because his former teammate, Chase Claypool, plays for the Steelers. He's lighting it up. They call this guy Mapletron. <laughs> he's about 6'4", 230. Miles Boykin is almost the same size. However, he is the lesser talented one. Or it might be he's the lesser developed one because the Ravens don't do a good job of developing wide receivers. I said it. All right, it's always been a problem with me. The Ravens, they, they churn out future head coaches they they churn out great linebackers they churn out uh good corners they churn out amazing defensive linemen good offensive linemen great tight end good running backs in the wide receiver quarterback situations yeah, yeah 
Hey, Flacco, thank you for the Super Bowl. Trent Dilfer, appreciate you managing. Because you know that defense and that ground game got you that ring. All right, so simmer down there, Trent. <laughs> if you go back and watch the the video, the Super Bowl video, the Ravens' first win against the Giants, you can hear uh, Brian Billick, the, the former head coach of the Ravens, who's the, the coach of them during the Super Bowl season, yelling at Trent not to do certain things. But Trent actually played a really good game. So, you know, speaking of quarterbacks, a, a lot of people are questioning Lamar. And here's what it was. In 2018, when he took over with uh, about six games left in the season, they, they played it really safe for him. They, they played a power option offense that was simplified. Basically said, hey, don't try to do too much. And they wound up installing an offense for him the next season. And it, sh it caught everybody off guard. It really did. It was um, remnants of Colin Kaepernick, Tyrod Taylor, and uh, a little Steve Young mixed in there, if you will. Now, he still had some accuracy issues, but he also didn't have this amazing wide receiver core, and he didn't have to do a whole lot throwing the football. And the thing about it, teams basically tested him to say, okay, you're throwing the ball now. They, they played a lot of single high safety, didn't play a lot of cover two, didn't throw any exotic uh, reads at him. And uh, they, they let some people fly open a couple of times because they were terrified of the running game that he would take off on them. Well, this year, obviously, they got a full season of tape. And it looks like the Ravens have not expanded their playbook in the passing game. They don't run any complex passing routes, I've noticed. Uh, one big glaring thing is that the scramble drill, scramble drill looks non-existent with this team. And that's when the quarterback rolls out. There's nobody there. The players just keep running. What I was taught is somebody continues deep, somebody continues mid-range and comes back towards where he's running to kind of break free and pop up in the zone. And the third receiver works back towards the quarterback. That's his basic wide receiver. Hey, I'm in trouble. You know, you yell out something or you turn your back and see why isn't the ball come yet. And notice that your quarterback's running for his life. So you help him. I just don't see that. Now, mind you, Greg Roman isn't a passing game guru. He's not. He's a running game guru with the passing game being secondary to him because typically he has great success with the ground game. What do you expect? You get yourself a good fullback and you get yourself a couple of athletic quick tight ends who are really strong. And they just start slamming into these linemen and linebackers and those running lanes pop open. So you're terrified of that. You, you fall for the candy of the ball fake and the running backs do a really good uh, job of meshing with Lamar and you get lost. You're out of position for a half second and next thing you know, somebody's breaking up the um, off the outside zone or up the middle on you. It's just, just the way it is. That's just the way it is with that offense. And it's amazing when it's running really well because it, it just opens up a lot of different stuff. But the Steelers look like they had two spies on Lamar and they was not really they weren't really giving him that middle now there was a phantom cold call on uh, patrick mccarry when he scored and they called it back the uh defender i think it was to it or um i can't i can't remember the player's name that mike thomas said had to step up in this game because he was gonna be key he spun um away from patrick mccarry and patrick mccarry still had his hands out he wasn't grabbing him and 
the official threw the flag. So getting into the officiating in the game, there were an absurd amount of penalties in this game. Now, I'll say this. The Ravens' corners are really physical. I mean, they put paws on you. They lay their hands on you. They do some excessive stuff, too. Now, some of the calls were justified and because they did not want these guys breaking free. The Steelers' wide receivers are really, really good. And um, one player they, they got out of completely just got into his head was Deontay Johnson. He was locked down the entire game, and he was complaining he was being held, which he was sometimes. Sometimes he wasn't. He was just frustrated because he wasn't being targeted. And that started the fight that led to Matt Judon being ejected. However, that ejection, even Tommy said it. It shouldn't have happened, but the rules clearly state you can't make contact with the official. Now, I, I will say, yeah, they ejected him, but he should not be fined for that because he was not going after the official. Now, that was one of the, the, the more uh, trivial plays of the game right there because they lost the other outside edge rusher but they still were putting pressure on big ben but you know you give him time somebody's gonna pop free after four or five seconds running around that's just the way it works in the nfl well the next um point that came into play as far as uh you know calls and things like that is the end of the game well there was two this was the well there were two at the end of the game the ravens converted a third and long they're running down the field they want to clock the ball however cam hayward is 20 yards up the field laying on the ground quote unquote injured now early in the game he had you know fell to the ground injured as well but this is where the steelers do questionable stuff let's go back a couple of years ago jacoby jones clear run back for a touchdown mike Tomlin looks up at the scoreboard looks down sees where he accidentally steps on the field he was fine for that he knew he was wrong here we are 2020 and the steelers are at it again now what should have happened here's, here's the sequence of wins cam hayward goes down the ravens run down the field quickly to clock the ball they called the injury timeout discharge to the Steelers, but they did not put back nine seconds. Terry McCauley, a former NFL uh, official, he even said it. There should be time put back on the clock. The officials did not do that. The Ravens had about eight seconds left. They ran another play. It was incomplete. Then they threw the infamous play that John Harbaugh is not happy with at all and i would say this is any other game this is a 50 50 play no any other game this this flag gets called but because of the physicality of this rivalry and we know this you'd be a fool to say the refs don't let certain things slide in this game because they know it's gonna get a little crazy lamar fires a laser to a crossing willie sneed who has been his reliable target all game at this point he has 106 yards receiving and he's been eating it up not the fastest guy but he was converting those third downs when needed he was doing what he was being paid finally it's a bang bang play where 
the wide receiver gets his hands on the ball and at the same time the defender is going after the ball but another defender comes in to hit him to jar the ball loose just in case it's a 50 50 split in most games but it's probably going to get called in this day and age in the nfl because his head was contacted by the defender this is the nature of the ravens and steelers rivalry it's always something crazy in this game that kind of dictates the outcome it's once in a while they blow each other out but most time no it's a very close game it's usually three to four no more than four points but it's usually one or two three points a last second field goal or something like that nobody really gets smoked in this rivalry it hasn't happened in a while well, anyway at the end of the game you can see john harbaugh pointing at his head and the officials don't even bother to walk near him and explain it you know which jesus and tory say he needs an explanation for that so he's the former official who's you know back in new york who talks to the announcers to break things down from a penalty standpoint he's the expert that's on air with them he kind of wanted to say you can hear in his tone they messed up now here's where tony romo comes into play i like tony romo as a, uh, a commentator color commentator he was a, a good quarterback when he was playing not a great quarterback but a good quarterback very cerebral and because he has that first-hand knowledge of playing the position he kind of tells you what's about to happen so he makes in a in a you know he gives out a piece of advice before the play he said hey Lamar needs to move around. He needs to be running around because these guys are just backing up and looking at him for 30 yards. That's a good point. Because you are Lamar, Axon Jackson, you are Lamarvelous. All these things that make you who you are, people are terrified of your legs. You give them that threat. Even if he does not pick up the first down, you know the clock is going to expire anyway. He's going for the end zone. You know if you miss a tackle on this guy, he'll just drop on the dime, let you slide out of bounds, and go trotting into the end zone for the game winner. He should have presented that threat in my opinion, but he did deliver the ball. Running around and having those wide receivers move to cause those defenders to chase and fill in the zones and he finds that empty spot and somebody pops open. I would like for him to say that. I said that because they, they spied him on one play and it didn't happen. They stopped him and you saw that wasn't happening. You run to the outside and those linebackers are like, oh no, he's going to take off on us. Even at the end of the game, it's your last resort. He's pumped fake people into you know, the outer limits of the atmosphere before. Give them that threat and hopefully your wide receivers work back towards you. So that is a coaching thing right there. Let the guys work. A lot of controversy in this game as well. At, at the end of the game, Marquise Brown tweets out, why have soldiers if you aren't going to use them? That's a quote from the movie Paying Full. He deletes the tweet. And I watched the, uh, the press conference with John Harbaugh. He told him to delete the tweet. However, he did say he had not talked, he had not spoken with Marquise since then. That's frustration. That's a problem. The receiving core has always been an issue with this team. And it looks like it, it just isn't doing what it's supposed to do. You know, it's, it's, you, you got to give him weapons, but he has to be able to utilize them as well. Teams, I mean, it was the Bengals safety that said he's going to look for two players. 
Marquise and Mark Andrews. We know that. We know that. That's bad. That's really bad. But in summation, the season is not over. They're five and two. This is still a very, very competitive team. Um, the, the fans and critics are yelling and yapping because of what happened last year. The expectations are really, really high because the majority of the team has returned. Eric DaCosta, the general manager, has made some really good moves. He went, he got Yannick Ngakwe after being after him for over a year. He was linked to the ratings for quite some time. Yannick Ngakwe is from Maryland, the DMV area. That is not Baltimore, by the way. Don't say that. That is the outer outskirts of D.C. and Virginia. PG County, Montgomery County, all that. That's the DMV. So this was a great fit. He'll probably pay by it because he has his family. Hopefully um, they're a good support base and he's not distracted. They grabbed Des Bryant. Des Bryant actually um, had signed with the Ravens, if not mistaken. And something went with the contract. He wound up going to the Saints and he blows his Achilles. Now, nephew, if you're listening, you said, why go after Des Bryant? He hasn't played since 2018. Here's why they went after Des Bryant. He's low risk with the ceiling this high reward because he is really what they want Miles Boykin to be, albeit not as fast as Miles Boykin. But you're talking about a veteran receiver who knows what he's supposed to do on routes to help his QB. He's also a big wide receiver. Okay, pause. But that catch radius helps Lamar in times of inaccuracy. So that chain over to work the outside, you know, the boundaries that the Ravens seem to ignore a lot of times in the game, deep middle, middle zone, maybe a swing pass, but you never see them do deep outs. Well, you know, the, the 10 yard outs, the comebacks and stuff like that. It's like they don't trust their receivers to break it off properly and high point that ball and contend with it. So Des Bryant knows the nuances when to stem the route and come back. So hopefully we'll be seeing uh, Des Bryant appear in the purple and black really soon. And it looks like he was suited up. He just didn't see any action. Now, I want you all to look out for a player. I said this before, Devin Duvernay. Devin Duvernay of University of Texas at Austin Longhorn was drafted for the very thing he is doing. Sure hands, deep threat. And he has flashed. Greg Roman, I, I'm a fan of yours because I like a strong running game because it takes the pressure off your wide receivers. However, do something with the passing game to help Lamar because you're not a comeback threat and teams know that. You get a lead on these guys, it's kind of like, mm, yeah, whatever. Don't panic. You'll be fine. Don't panic. But hey, hats off. You know the they got another game in four weeks against these guys. Harbaugh is a great coach. He normally schemes his way into getting revenge on teams really well. He knows how to motivate his team. And this is a uh, awesome fodder for them to go out and take out all their frustrations on the Colts, who aren't a bad team. This is a very dangerous game. If the Ravens don't shake this off pretty quick, they can get surprised by the Colts. Now, once again, everyone's really excited about this team because of what happened last year. And I said they would not go 14-2. That's too lofty. They shocked everybody last year. I said 
12 and 4. 13 and 3. You know, 11 and 5, really. I said that because teams are going to have some information on them and learn how to defend them. But the problem is take away that opportunity and continue to be who you are. Run the ball. You got Gus Edwards. There's no Mark Ingram. And you had your best ground day ever with J.K. Dobbins, who looks like they just put Ray Rice in uniform and changed his face. He looks like a faster but yet still very agile with great hands. Ray Rice, where's the same numbers? I'm telling you, if you had like just came out of a coma and started watching, like, oh, it's Ray Rice. Dobbins. That, who was that? That looks like Ray Rice. Looks just like Ray Rice out there. So, um, Ravens, I'm, I'm not done with you. I'm still here for you. You can still win the division. All right? You can still win the division. Nothing set in stone. The, the Steeler fans are gloating right now and it's early because they feasted on some very weak opponents, but you beat the teams that lined up against you and you have struggled with better competition and you took a team lightly that almost got you. Now it was the Eagles just like the Ravens did and you squeaked by the Ravens with a lot of help. A lot of help from the Ravens with four turnovers and a lot of help from the refs. So you got on that, that bus and went, or that plane and went, woof. Man, you know, they know they should have lost. They know they should have lost. But I'm Solution. Make sure you follow the podcast on all the different platforms out there. I appreciate your support. Keep sending those comments. Special shout out to my dude, P-Town. I appreciate the voice message you left earlier. You said you'd be waiting for this and you wanted to hear my thoughts on it. These are my thoughts. You got lucky because the Ravens gave you the game. They gift wrapped it for you. They said, here, beat us. (laughs) So many bad decisions. But I'm out of here and always be a better human. The Solution.